0: and welcome back to Everything Belongs, a podcast exploring the subtleties of living, creating, leading, and thriving while in the deep end of life. My name is Madison Morgan and I'm your host. I'm a life coach, a spiritual teacher, a mystic, a writer, and really just a lover of being alive, to be quite honest. And I'm so excited to share with you today, a little snippet of a workshop that I led last week called Alive Again. The snippet I'm sharing is specifically three mistakes that are keeping you from experiencing the wonder and the wisdom that you desire. I held this workshop live last week and you actually can listen to the entire replay up until June 2nd, 2023. So if you listen to this short episode and you really enjoy it and want to dive into the rest of the workshop, you can go to madisonmorgancom backslash alive again, and register to receive the entire two hour workshop. I just wanted to also thank you before we dive into the actual show. For a really beautiful season two of the podcast. This is officially the end of season two. This is our season finale, and it has been super fun and nourishing to create these episodes for you. We're taking a bit of a summer break and I'm going to be diving all of my energy, putting all of my energy into my new membership, the sacred heart sanctuary, which is a spiritual wisdom school meets a coaching field guide. It's where coaching meets spirituality That can really support you to let your true self be seen, to unmask, to reconnect to spirit, and let life be good. It's a community of courage, contemplation, and coaching. And if you are to join, you can expect monthly deep dives in the form of coaching, live calls, audio lessons, and resources. And you could access, which I can't even believe I did this, but basically, I'm taking off all of my courses off of my website. And you can now only access them inside of the Sacred Heart Sanctuary. So they're all on demand inside our membership portal. And I want to share with you one of the reasons why I did this. Well, it became really apparent to me over the last couple years that this work cannot be done in isolation. We can learn and learn and learn. And I love to learn. We can take all of the courses, but if not mirrored back by community and by someone who can really see you, It is quite challenging to take all those things that we've learned from books and courses and podcasts and apply them to our life in a way that we can really embody it, to take it from knowledge to praxis, to something that it actually changes who we are at a transformational level. That to me is truly impossible without community and without a clear mirror. That's been true in my life. And I observe it being true over and over and over again in the lives of my clients. So inside this membership, we are doing two live calls a month and ask me anything, the ability for you to share your own experience. And then also the digital community, which is not in a Facebook group. Thank goodness. I created a membership portal on a private and secure platform where you can share your thoughts about any of the content each month where you can ask questions about any of the courses that you're taking connect with a community and then also receive coaching from me digitally there so i'm clearly very excited about the sacred heart sanctuary and that means that i'm going to be giving most of my creative energy to this membership space so we're taking like i said a summer break from the podcast so i can make sure i'm giving this community everything i've got in terms of my creativity and my presence and then we will kick back off with season three sometime in the fall whether that's early fall late fall i haven't decided My priority is making sure that the sanctuary space feels incredibly nourishing and supportive for everyone who joins and also incredibly supportive for me. And so I'm not going to overextend myself and create too much content I'm going to dive in and I'll be back here in the fall. So if you want to stay in contact and in community and really take anything you've heard here or on my Instagram page or on my website or in my newsletter and actually apply it to your life to be seen in community who can celebrate your fullness and to be held by a coach who has the capacity for your muchness, please do join us. You can find everything you need to know about the sanctuary at madisonmorgan.com backslash sanctuary. And I want to let you know that there is a special founder's price right now. It is a total of over $300 off a normal price. And the founder's price is only available until June 2nd, 2023. So if you want to jump in, now is the time to do so because it's going to save you a big chunk of money and you get locked in at that founder's price for a lifetime. So you you never are subject to any price raises in the community. So I hope to see you inside. Our first call is Sunday on June 4th. And yeah, I just really hope to see you there. I'm really excited about this and I hope that you can feel my heart. This is something, it's a really needed transition for me. And it's, it's a place where I wanted to be able to meet people at a cost effective level, a place where more, more people could afford coaching. So without further ado, let's dive in to the three mistakes you may be making. And if you want to listen to the whole workshop, go to madisonmorgan.com backslash alive dash again, three totally innocent mistakes that you may be making that are keeping you from wonder and willingness and wisdom and what to do about it. Mistake number one, resisting reality. I'm sorry, this is like the most obvious one to me, but mistake number one is resisting what's happening. Life, like, life is messy. And they are like over 8 billion people. And I just think the fact, I was in Vegas recently, and I was like, the fact that anything is going well here with this many people who are fucked up at the same time is honestly a miracle. Like this place is just like somehow running smoothly and almost everyone is under the influence. Like, wow, I'm like super impressed. There are 8 billion people and even billions more living beings on this planet. And then there's the weather and then there's influences that we can't see know, or perceive with our own two eyes. And I just think about how much had to go right and probably how much had to also go wrong for us all to even exist right now. And I just think I don't know that that's it's it's a miracle. I also think it's weird. I don't know if I like, like it or not, but I'm in awe. Like I'm like wow. That's The factors that had to be in place for all of us to be here right now on this call, it's pretty amazing. And I just that wonder and that curiosity, I'm like, oh, holy shit, I can't believe so many things are going well right now. So I'm not saying that I like reality all the time because I definitely do not. And I'm not saying that I like myself all the time or other people all the time because I don't. I spend a lot of time really annoyed at reality and really frustrated at myself for not reaching some ideal version of me that like has been curated in my brain for like my whole life. And I spent a lot of time eye rolling at things other people do, like going into public. I'm like, nothing is efficient. And at the same time, when I believe reality is a problem and I resist it and I tense up around it, I'm the one who hurts every single time. When I treat myself like I'm a problem and I get to fixing my patterns instead of relating to myself, I'm on a fast track to misery and self-hatred, right? I'm seeing in the comments, some of you agree, nothing is efficient. (laughs) Gosh, don't get me started on crying at the DMV because that has happened more than once in the last year. Okay? That's real. And also I I practice non-resistance to reality. So the mistake number one is resisting reality. Because truth be told, when we override reality, we're forgetting our sacred responsibility because we actually have power to yield. We have choices we can make. We have agency in what happens next and we get to dance with life. And in this tango, there are two or 8 billion plus. And so that's a lot of things to respond to that is out of our control. So my friend, don't imprison yourself with your preferences. And I hate that, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't imprison yourself with your, your utopian ideals. I have them, right? It's okay to have them, but don't argue with what's already happened. Don't argue with who you are or even your neuroses. Red Hawk, which is an author of a book I really love called Self-Remembering and Self-Observation. Two books, Self-Remembering and Self-Observation. It's like, it's he says... I'm going to, you know, botch it, but basically like your healing, isn't your business. It's God's business. And I was like, Oh, I'm really like, I thought taking responsibility meant like being all up in my own shit. And then I realized that I was being neurotic. And so some things even about me aren't my business. And that is a strange relief to me as someone who likes to try to take responsibility for everything, everyone else, the entire world and myself, it hasn't worked. So what do I do instead? I open to presence, which we all had practiced doing just moments ago. We all had practiced doing it just moments ago. So much of our suffering comes not from what has happened, but from believing it should have been different and from believing that we should be different or that we should have been different, better somehow. So What if you used your agency and chose to relate to what's happening instead of resisting it? You don't have to answer this now, but if you want to put it in the chat, I would read it. What if you had capacity to welcome it all? And what if opening to this moment was the only thing that was truly needed? Just some questions for ongoing contemplation. You don't have to answer them now, or you can. I would love to hear in the chat. Janelle says so much relief, giving up that perception of control, codependent and recovery. I'm not responsible for anything or anyone except myself. Yeah. And Red Hawk would even say there's something about you that you can't even take responsibility for. Try to change. I told my mentor this weekend, I'm like, what I've learned is I just watch myself doing the same shit that I've always been doing. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just watching myself do the same shit I've been doing the whole time. And somehow I feel better about it, (laughs) but I'm still doing the same shit. Yeah, Jenna's like, I would have so much more space. Janelle says, right, that's a radical concept and it's so freeing. I agree. And I also don't always like it because I have this ideal self I think I'm supposed to be being. So, oh, Prince says, I'm a hope addict. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The delusions of my hope. I relate to that. So mistake number two, centering the problem. So this is tricky because we want to solve the problem and we need we need to identify the problem. This is not about delusions, right? Delusions of a, that the bad things aren't happening. That also doesn't work. So we're not going to be delu- delusional and pretend that these bad things aren't happening and we're also not going to center them. So what do we do, right? so we want to solve the problem but we're on the level of the problem and so we get problem sized and problem oriented solutions and so we're kind of still in the realm of the problem and i mean you know everyone knows the saying you you basically i can't even remember the saying all of a sudden i'm like what is the saying all i see is a visual you go so far in the opposite direction of something it becomes the same thing it was opposing i think we i think without examples we can see where this is happening right we know that this is happening in the world. So, when we do that, we're still orienting ourselves to challenge. We're trying to fix a pattern. We're still centering the problem. And it's a wonderful thing to identify the problem because it means we're probably more than halfway to the solution, but we're not going to find the solution in the problem. This is getting like a riddle now. I promise I'll get to a point. Perhaps. For example, you see a pattern is arising and you get to work trying to fix it without softening your body and opening to presence and creating some space. So with tension in your body, you start digging away only to discover that the therapizing is endless. So you layer your judgments and preferences on top of reality. You start telling stories about what it means. And the problem has now created more problems. And the reasons you're fucked up are endless. First of all, your parents Second of all, your astrological transits, third intergenerational trauma, and then there's karma, and then there's past lives if you believed in that, and your own unique brand of difference and neurodivergence and challenge, because we're all very different creatures with very different brains and neurosystems going about this world in all different sorts of places that don't cater to our needs. And then there's the systems that are literally crumbling as we speak. And so there's a lot of shit (laughs) that we can be seeing endlessly that presents problems. And all of it is valid and all of it is real and it's all painful and it all needs loving care and mothering and welcoming, but it's bottomless. So what the fuck do we do? Um, basically, if you discover your problems are bottomless like I have, and you just keep watching yourself not change like I do, and even whenever life is good, you're still neurotic and selfish and subpar, you get back to work because you've identified the new problem. And this is the cycle that most of us, I, I think if I assess the online wellness industry well enough in the last decade, um, I think that this is it's like, here we are. The problems are endless. My neuroses is endless. <laughs> My pain is bottomless. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, when will I, when will I break through? And this, if you've been getting the emails, I'm like, ooh, this is fool's wisdom. This is exciting. Um, and not everyone likes this because I don't like it most of the time. Janelle's uh, you know, like I've stopped pushing for total healing, TM in the comments. I'm like, yeah, total healing. What is that? So see how this method never gets us to freedom because each new level of problem simply unlocks a new problem. Because centering the problem means we're going to find more problems because we're always find what we're looking for every time, every time. Have you ever been around someone who like, they are sure that they will be rejected, right? They, be- they just hold this belief that they're going to be rejected and somehow they keep creating that. And it's like, no one's rejecting you, but they find a way to experience it. And it's like, oh, I wish you didn't do that because it hurts to see you hurting yourself because you're looking for it. And I think it could be autism, but I don't really notice the things that creepy men say to me. It like doesn't occur to me. It doesn't register it. Like I'm also not looking for it. And I think this is like one of the most brilliant, weird gifts of being neurodivergent is like, it has nowhere to stick to because I'm legitimately like what? And then they, it's like not an interesting interaction. Right. Cause I'm not looking for it and I don't perceive it. And it's like, it's like, it doesn't even exist to me. These like weird things that men say, obviously I can, you know, there's a, there's a extreme that it can get pushed to. And I would know <laughs> Prince is like, it's lesbianism. Yes. It also could be that, but I'm like, this doesn't exist to me. So I don't see it. Right. And so, cause I'm not looking for it. Cause I literally don't care. I'm like, I don't need your approval. I don't care. These comments don't make sense. So I think that we could have that in other areas. I digress. So it turns out you can heal because you open to more. You can heal while opening to more. In doing so, you learn to see yourself clearly, the you beyond the problem, beyond the programming, beyond the trauma. It's actually believed in many spiritual traditions that there is an essence, a soul, a true self, whatever name you give it, that is untouched from trauma and programming and all the shit in this life. Like a part of you that is already free. The Christian mystics teach this. Buddhists teach this. This is believed to be true in many teachings. The you that's connected to all living beings, the you that's not suffering. The isolation of your own very valid but limiting individual problems it's not only possible but from this place we get to feel more joy petra says hard relatable on all of that i'm pan indefinitely autistic so who knows lol yeah it's like who knows where it comes from all i know is it's not sticking to me it's working for me i prefer it so we can live a life by design, deliberation, and devotion, a life centered on our unique needs, our authentic expression, and our innate goodness. And it's true that we have healing to do, and it's true that we have stories to let go of, and it's true that we have systems to rebuild. Those things are true. But don't forget that it's opening to more than just the problems, that the life of wholeness and freedom that we desire is possible. Yeah. So I wanna try something else. This is a practice that I do every single evening. Sometimes I say it aloud to my partner, sometimes I ask my partner, sometimes I just keep it to myself, but I always account for what went right today. Just what went right today? It's like frustratingly simple. What went right today? And I like to think you can watch that garden of goodness grow. And I also just have to say, look how cute Morris is in my photos. I took him on my branding journey recently, and he is so cute. What went right today? Mistake number three, taking it all so fucking seriously, which I am very skilled at doing. Um, For those of you who do know astrology, I have Mars and my son in the 12th house in Virgo. It is like the most serious of seriousness. And it's like the sun and how I take action in my subconscious. I'm just like, why I have to work to be light. At least, at least it feels like I do, but devotional irreverence is fool's wisdom. This is the backwards wisdom. If you've been reading the emails that I've been talking about, it's knowing both the sacredness of our lives and living as though we matter while also depersonalizing the human experience through basically breathing new life into it. And I also think it's like so wild how sacred each of our personal journeys are. And that also there's 8 billion other people having these sacred journeys and how like not sacred it is that that many people are having it. And also how profound it is that we're each having it. Like to me, that's really beautiful. So it's not either, or it's both and, and we get to embrace the paradox. For example, ease isn't easy in my experience uh <laughs> Shana, i see you <laughs> devotion must include irreverence or else you're going to get dogma have you ever been a part of a community of spiritual people and you're like or political people and you're like wow the thing we're devoted to has become a dogma that is sucking the life and joy out of everything it's because there's no irreverence devotion has to have a reverence the sacred must make room for humor suffering can also be grace our identities are both important and don't matter at all. I must treat myself with care, but I'm not fragile. I'm alive, but I'm going to die. I'm responsible for myself and my life, yet most of my transformation is God's business, not mine. It's like, none of this makes sense. And yet it does, right? Is this making sense to all of you? yeah Petra says this reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. The curious paradox is that i when I accept myself just as I am, then I change Carl Rogers. Carl Rogers' work really influences my work um, about right relationship to reality, right relationship to myself, right relationship to you is all found in embracing what's happening. yeah. I'm glad I'm not alone in this because this past year, I'm like, does anyone think about these things? Uh, <laughs> because this is what consumes my brain. Basically like most of the hours that I'm not asleep. So I like to create space around self-judgment. If you've worked with me in like my group masterminds, you've probably heard me say some of things, these things to you. And it might sound like unkind to say these things to someone, but I promise it feels good. So like, you have some self-judgment, so what? So what? You did something shitty, so what? And know that might not always be a good thing to say, but so what? And another one I love, and it's just become a part of my vernacular is, "Isn't that interesting?" Or there I go again, doing the thing I always do. Isn't that interesting? And I also like curious. What might I need right now? So to create space in your body, just try opening up to what's happening right now. And these are some of the irreverent sayings that I like to use with my clients and with myself to, oh, Victoria says, oops, I did it again. Oh my gosh. I have to add that to my list. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget. Let me grab a marker. Yes. Oops, I did it again. I love that. Thank you for adding. So to create space in your body. We're going to not dissociate and also not discharge. Something that I noticed that I love to do is to either not feel what's really happening by completely disconnecting from it altogether or from discharging it. And that sometimes even looks like just like venting a friend, just like, and I'm just like trying to get the charge out of my body so quickly, nothing wrong with sharing and being recognized in our feelings, totally valid. Um, And sometimes discharging that energy and just trying to like vomit all over somebody else. So they can take it somehow. It can be a little less for us. Um, again, no judgment. These are things we do to take care of ourselves. And also it's not opening to the present moment. It's not trusting our body can digest the experience. And so something you could do is just open to presence yeah, Janelle, that's like what everyone did in the last couple of years of the pandemic on social media. It's like everyone was just discharging all of their angst all over each other. Yeah, venting in a safe place. And, and also there's validity to being recognized. And also, are we feeling the moment? So many well-meaning teachers on the internet give tools, like just shake your whole body and then you'll feel better. And there, there's an appropriate time for that. Like I love a static dance. I'm hosting an aesthetic dance. this upcoming Sunday. If you're in Springfield, Missouri, please come. I would love to have you. And sometimes screaming and jumping and having catharsis and like exercising the bad isn't what's needed. Sometimes just bringing our hands to our body and saying like, What is this? I love you. Thank you. Welcome. And then seeing what our body naturally wants to do. So open to presence, track the sensation, track the charge. Notice that you can, in fact, digest what's happening. Notice the beautiful things around you. You already did this on this call. Notice what you notice and notice that you're safe with yourself and safe with sensation. And notice that there's really nothing to do but notice. And then the right next action will present. Maybe you do need to dance. I don't know. You will know when you feel. Well, my friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode and all of the episodes in season two. It has been such a delight to create this content for you and to share the things that have been on my heart and my curiosities. If you want to dive into the entire workshop, it is available until June 2nd. You can find it at madisonmorgan.com backslash alive dash again, just enter your email there and you will have immediate access to the entire two hour workshop. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, If you're wanting to really deepen your journey with yourself, with spirit and open to life's goodness, that is what we are going to be talking about inside my membership called the Sacred Heart Sanctuary. Enrollment is open and you can lock in the founder's price, which is over $300 off the total price if you enroll by June 2nd. Our first call is June 4th and I would absolutely love to have you there. Our upcoming monthly themes starting in June is starting fresh, aligning your life to your desires, your values, and your deepest needs. And that content is also unlocked the first weekend of June. So this upcoming weekend, and if you want to take that deep dive with us through the month of June, please do come. Jai's theme is orienting to abundance, discovering plenty where you are and creating more. August's theme is internal boundaries for highly sensitive, becoming unfuckwithable, which is going to be so much fun. And September's theme is befriending your story, self inquiry for the sensitive soul. So these are the next four monthly topics, and I would love to deep dive, explore, and coach with you on them inside the sanctuary. If you're curious and want to know more, you can go to madisonmorgan.com backslash sanctuary to get all of the info and to join today. Well, it's been such a joy to create season two for you. I'll be back possibly periodically throughout the summer if there's anything really potent on my heart I want to share. But I will see you early fall consistently for season three. As my grandmother Rose would say, I will talk at you later.